Y'all ready to be history? It's started. Welcome. Hi. 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 Hello, everyone. To the Pro Audio Suite. These guys are professional. They're motivated. Thanks to Tribooth, the best vocal booth for home or on-the-road voice recording. And Austrian Audio, making passion heard. Introducing Robert Marshall from Source Elements and Someone Audio Post, Chicago. Darren Robert Robertson from Voodoo Radio Imaging, Sydney. Tech to the VO Stars. George the Tech Whitam from LA. And me, Andrew Peters, voiceover talent and home studio guy. Line up, Welcome to another Pro Audio Suite. Thanks to Tribooth. Don't forget the code PAP200 to get $200 off. And Austrian Audio, making passion heard via their CKR12 capsule. Um, now, speaking of which, there's an article in SOS magazine with uh, Martin Seidel, who's the CEO of Austrian Audio, talking about the reason that they actually did build that capsule and the history of how it all happened. Now, I think we covered this off, but have a look at the article in SOS if you want to get more detail. But basically, at AKG, they were trying to emulate the old CK12 capsule, which was used in the C12, C12A, C24, and the C414EB, brass capsule, and the LM251. Now, I have a C414EB with the nylon capsule, which is the reason we're doing this, because I've actually lined the two up. Now, in the article, I won't go through too much detail, but basically, uh, Martin says the nylon capsule uh, didn't perform the same as the brass capsule, which is probably true, and said it actually didn't sound anything like the C12 that they were trying to emulate from the brass capsule with the nylon one, and it's also subject to, obviously, um, plosives and any um, high volume, uh, higher SPL. Subject to damage, is that what you mean? Well, no, because it will move, because it's made of nylon, so it can actually flex and change the the way it's capturing the audio. That's what I'm guessing from what he's saying in this article. Which is why they opted for brass for the Austrian audio, right? Well, Austrian audio has gone for no ceramic, because the brass was a nightmare. The brass is the old one. Yeah, and that became a nightmare for... um, Temperature changes. Well, also, they, they just didn't have a good hit rate. In fact, he was saying here that he believes that the hit rate of those capsules being made was 12%. Oh, my gosh. Hence the reason they went, this is killing us. So they went to the nylon capsule. What's what's the hit rate? What What, what is that referring As to? As in the ones that got were actually any good they could use was 12%. Oh, muster. Yeah. Really? 12%. Imagine how much that was costing them. Well, because yeah. they were having trouble like hand hand tensioning them. Is it because the yeah. brass one required hand tensioning and somehow with the nylon they were able to improve the tensioning process? Well, they'd still tensioned into the, got the same tension of the actual diaphragm, but they, what he's saying is that the nylon didn't act the same as, as the brass because it's not as sturdy as the brass and doesn't have the same amount of weight being nylon, which is true. Mm-hmm. But did it really affect the sound that much? Now, I'm, I'm, what I'm thinking from what Martin's saying, and we should get him on the show actually at some point, but oh. from what I'm gathering from what he's talking about is he's saying for high SPL. So, you know, because notoriously, these mics, the C12s and 414s, we use for overheads and all sorts of things or loud sources. Um, and yes, the nylon would have flexed with that kind of um, sound wave. But for voice, I don't really think that comes into play unless you're doing some really loud stuff. So sure. I put a sample together because I've got a, an EB with a nylon capsule and I lined it up 
and it's this is not scientific by by the way. I lined that's it up with the OC eighteen. That's my get out of jail card. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and uh, and I just recorded this just to give you an idea of what they sound like. And it kicks off with the um, OC eighteen and finishes with the C four one four EB nylon. Uh, this is a test. This is the OC eighteen, and I think I've got the. 40, yeah, 40 hertz high pass on, which I probably shouldn't actually, but anyway. Too bad because it's dark in here and I can't see how to turn it off. And I'm about to compare it with this next microphone. This is definitely something I've wanted to try for a little while and keep forgetting to do so. Um, I think I can hear one thing, most obviously, and I'm have to change the levels. Um, the level on the 414 is lower. The microphone sounds noisier. But forgetting that bit, I'm just wondering if the uh, the sonic fingerprint is close to, uh, or if the OC18 is close to the C414EB, because I think that's what they were trying to copy, the C12 or 414EB, basically the C12 capsule. So... The difference in the waveform here is that the, the, the 414EB does not have the high-pass filter on it. True. Mm-hmm. So it has a tremendous amount of low end rumble and, you know, stuff that the other one does not have. So that's just a difference between the two waveforms that I can see. I, I feel like the, the 414 was a little bit darker than the, uh, the Austrian audio. Oh, I preferred it. I preferred it. I, to my ears, I preferred the 414. I actually like the Austrian audio. I th- I thought that the Austrian audio had a little bit more sparkle to it that was more 3D or more popping out, whereas the 414 was kind of round and warm, but it wasn't necessarily as like um, lively. Yeah. To me, the 18 had this like upper mid-range. There was something that stood out that was irritating to my ears. At least it's around 500, I think. And uh, the 414 doesn't have that prominent 500 hertz honk. I would call it a honk. Honk. <laughs> Somewhere in yeah. there. And the, 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 so the 18 is more pronounced in that frequency range. So to me, that's a negative. I don't like it as much. But this is what's so hard about judging mics is because it's in the ear it's personal. of the beholder. Yeah, and right. the listener yeah. and the headphones and the ears and all kinds of stuff. I mean, they're both great. But I, I just, I like, subjectively, I like the 414 here. I would make one observation. The clipped breath at the end of that file tells me that I'm very correct in tr- not trusting voiceover talent to edit their own files. <laughs> <laughs> I edit this show. And, well, and, that, and that will be missing by the time this goes to air. So yeah, I'm sure yeah. I will, yeah. <laughs> Bye-bye, Robbo. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. Uh, well, so you I, are comparing the nylon capsule mic to a brass capsule. So if you had an, a brass... No, a ceramic capsule. I'm sorry, yeah, right? My but, bad. If you had the brass variation, I bet it would sound more similar to the... I wonder. Well, I know that um, I know someone in this room or one of the rooms that we're sitting in has one. Um, might, might and it would be, one. in fact, two yeah. of you used to have one. But that's another story. Boo-hoo, Robbo. Mm, um, but it would be interesting to hear the difference between the brass capsule and the nylon. I'm, I'm still, depending on what the uh, sound source is, I still don't think it is that dramatically different to the point where I know that at some they, point... They're very similar sounding. I yeah. agree. And they, the thing was yeah. that uh, AKG, when they went in for a service, 
they were taking the brass capsules out and putting the nylon ones in. Oh, no. And I guarantee half the people that sent it in for a service didn't even notice. Notice, yeah. Had no idea. Yeah. So so if you wanted to go buy a C414EB on the open market, what would you expect to pay for that mic today? A lot. 2000 plus. An right? EB, three grand. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think in American dollars. Yeah, two thousand plus. Um, sure, I yeah. would say three thousand more. Actually, depending on if it's got the brass capsule. I sold mine a few years ago now for three. Okay, well, here's one on Reverb.com. <laughs> I'm just saying this isn't what it's selling for, but this—I mean, this is the price. It doesn't mean what someone's going to buy it for. Here's a C14EB with original brass sequate 12, and the asking price is $7,274. Oh, wow. my God. There you go. Holy yeah. shit. Now we really have gone yeah. up. I mean, we yeah. were off the deep end when they were $3,000. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the point is, is that the, the 18, the OC18, does a really good job of faithfully reproducing. Absolutely. At a, at a tiny fraction and it's lower noise too because it's modern circuits. I, I wonder if some of the difference we heard between those two mics is just age. You know? Yeah, well, That's if you, if you think that the my mic, the 414EB is going to be 40 next year. Yeah. A nylon, so, for example, in comparison, 1350, you can get one, a nylon capsule. One. Yeah. So... 12, 12, here's one for 2300. Even a, even this one's 2300, a nylon. I see one here, it's 3000, but that's. Um, yeah. but then you can just get the Peluso brass capsule one for how much? 800 The Peluso bucks. one sounds great, man. It's like I, $800, right? Uh, yeah, I tested it and it, it, sounded, it sounded really, really good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 18 is very faithful and, um, you know, what is it? 699 US for the OC18? I think that's what yeah. it is. Yeah. Yeah. 600 used on the open market. So it's a, it's a fair value. 850 US is what the uh, OC18 is now going for as of the time of this tape. I think it's, I think yeah. it's like priced right and has like the, it's, it's interesting because they're, it, they're, they're able to jump in with a certain pedigree without having to, I wouldn't say prove it, but they're, they're a little bit more believed because they're, they're, you know, a bunch of X AKG people. Right. Yeah. And Absolutely. so, so, so they, they jump right in at a certain level and then they just like, they didn't fail. The credibility is sort of there already, I think. Um, right. Well, the key, the thing is if, if AKG hadn't have been sold and was still operating out of Vienna, this would have been an AKG mic because this was all the R and D they were doing. It would have been the, the, yeah. So all the AKG mics that are being currently, you know, manufactured and sold are being manufactured and sold by, Samsung by Harman Kardon or or whoever is it Harman Kardon? I thought which they is owned by Samsung. Harman yeah. Kardon. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. So, so there's no new mics being developed by AKG at this point. Like if a new AKG not. mic comes out, it's probably it's dubious. Like you wouldn't buy it probably. I think if you're going to spend the dosh, get the Austrian audio. Yeah. You want your studio to be consistent, sound the same every day, not be so sensitive to atmospheric conditions. And it's just low maintenance is, I think, really more important than boutiqueness. It's the consistency is the biggest thing. I mean, this is a business in a different sense. And part of the business is just delivery and consistency. And a vintage mic is going to be tough to deal with for sure. Yeah. And hard to replace if you have to. Yeah, somebody I just I just saw someone posted a Telefunk in Ela M or Elam two fifty one E. It's a new incarnation of the Telefunken. And even a new recreation right. of it is worth sixteen thousand dollars. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's insane. One of my clients got one. He said, I yeah. know it's ridiculous. I know it's too much money, da, 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 da. but you know, it's like, it's like you, it's like buying a nice watch, you know, you, you just don't need an expensive watch, but you just want to have it, you know, it's, you, and that's what a microphone can be like, you know, but you need to know when that microphone isn't performing to spec. You need to know if it doesn't sound right. You need to know if it's getting in the way of your productivity. It's it's a delicate balance between purity and quality and reliability. Well, the big, the big word is definitely what Robert said, consistency. Well, I think the interesting thing is with uh, one client in particular who I was talking to one of the clients in uh, the Middle East, and uh, he said to me, there's two, two uh, talent, including my, as myself and another guy. He said that you two guys deliver me the best audio. End of story by Miles. Mm-hmm. I'm like, wow, that's cool. And the other guy is like a big animation voice, like a big player. Mm-hmm. So I was, I was pretty pumped about that. Nice. I think he's the guy that plays Shaggy. You mean not Casey Kasem? <laughs> <laughs> not Casey Kasem. The current, the current version, the current voice of Scooby Doo. Okay. I think, I think he plays Shaggy. I'm gotcha. not sure. Gotcha. Well, it's quite incredible. We- I mean, yeah, how far we've come with all this stuff. I mean, I was watching the other day, there's a mate of mine, a, a radio buddy, he's an, an announcer, a guy called Gavin Miller. Um, and, and he threw in his full-time job here about 12 months ago and he's gone on the road and every now and then, like he, at the moment, he, I think he's in the UK at the moment and the last couple of days he's been popping up every day like he's, he's today's studio and he's like set himself up in a hotel room and he's got a little um, roadcaster and, and his mic and all that sort of stuff. And he's, he's voice tracking all his, these lo- shows that he's doing back here in Australia. It's so incredible how far we've come yeah. with all this stuff. Oh, no, he's currently in the south of France, the dirty rat. South of France, is well, it? Yeah, that's where he is at the moment. He's been traveling all over Europe. Yeah. Not to get hung up on the telephone in the LM251, but I found another listing on Reverb.com and it says... Built in South Windsor, Connecticut, the Telefunken Elam 251 is a recreation of the vintage Telefunken microphone, parentheses, built by AKG of the same name. There you name. go. <laughs> so. so the opposite. Thank you, George. So it's the opposite. AKG Telefunken was the one re- rebranding, not the other way around. Yeah. Telefunken actually took mics from Neumann and AKG and rebranded And rebranded them. Okay. And isn't the original yeah. C12 extremely relatively similar or the same as the ELM? The 251 and the C12 are somehow related. And I, yeah. I wonder if they're both edge terminated and they use the same tube. They don't look as similar, but they, because um, the C12 is very distinctively kind of skinny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool you know, mic, for, uh, if you yeah. really want to play with all these mics, but you don't want to buy them, um, just go buy an app, uh, go buy an Apollo and a, and a, um, sphere mic sphere. Yeah. for you're, you're going to be in it for 500 plus you're going to be in it for about two G's, but you can endlessly flip back and forth between these mics and hear them side by side. Mm. And the Elam 251 sounds fucking amazing. <laughs> like yeah. every time I flip it on, uh, when I've played around with that mic, you know, the sphere, I'm like, wow, that does sound amazing. <laughs> yeah. I understand, you know, the appeal. It just has a sparkle. It just has. It's an EQ sound. curve. Yeah. It's is, not flat. Is, Obviously is what it not is. flat. You yeah. don't spend $15,000 on a mic to be flat. You buy it because of its curve, you know, of, of, of its unique voice. And, uh, um, but uh, it, it, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to sit here and say that the, the sphere is identical uh, 
And but it it I mean it certainly sends you in the direction. Yeah, it's pretty faithful. Yeah. I mean, the other one is the Antelope Audio has yes has the a Edge similar, mics. Then they're called Edge. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I have no experience with them. Or the Slate, supposedly. Right, the Slate. Yeah, <laughs> the Slate um, does a similar. The Slate thing. doesn't do the uh, polar patterns. Right, though. right. Yeah, they don't do the polar patterns. You get the you get the dual capsule with the L twenty two, so you can have a lot yeah. more flexibility over the way they blend together. You see. And the Austrian audio, for that matter. I think that whole thing can be done with the Austrian audio. Yeah, the A one eight. You got two capsules. You can track them separately, and now you yes. can throw it into any processing plugin you want and start having a similar result. It's just not, you know, like if you were to jerry rig, if you were to just use that mic with the Apollo and use the L twenty two plugin, you could probably get very similar you results. Could probably get somewhat close. Somewhat close. It, yeah. Yeah. It makes me think, but yeah. I won't think out loud. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. If you if you do, we can hear it. <laughs> oh, and by <laughs> the way, the E, is, the yeah. T51E, if you see E, is meaning that it was designed, its designation is for export, which meant that the microphone was to be sold to the U.S., which was equipped with a 6072 tube. The non-E uses the AC701K tube, which broadcast studios could easily power with their existing N52 cassette module power supplies. <laughs> Whoever's selling this, which is a company called A-Room Audio in Burbank, they certainly know their, Knows their, shit. They know their microphone yeah. history. Well, that was fun. Is it over? The Pro Audio Suite. With thanks to Trimooth. And Austrian Audio. Recorded using Source Connect. Edited by Andrew Peters. And mixed by Voodoo Radio Imaging. With tech support from George the Tech Whittem. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and join in the conversation on our Facebook group. To leave a comment, suggest a topic, or just say good day, drop us a note at our website. Theproaudiosuite.com.